respond to a trial if you do it with joy. But James sheds light on how important it is that faith must be at the forefront of our, of our request to God. God will never let you down, so there is no room for doubt ever. Join me in verse 9. It says, Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away, for the sun rises when its scorching heat withers, like, withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes, so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Not many of you have jobs in this place tonight. Some of you may have part-time jobs. Max talked about that a few weeks ago. Not many of you have a full-time job or a career. Your career right now is high school or middle school. But even, James tells us, even if a trial comes in your finances, like a lot of you probably don't have a lot of money. I'm assuming, I'm sorry if that's an assumption that's not true. But even if you experience trial in your finances, James instructs us to thank God no matter that financial circumstance. Because money isn't eternal. Relationship with Jesus is. So no matter, like we, James covered the basis tonight, no matter the trial, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, James instructs us to respond in joy because we serve a father who is joyful, faithful, and he will impart wisdom. He will do all these things if we respond in the appropriate ways. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thanks for taking time to listen. This week's message is called Faith Tested. We're looking at the book of James James 1. So grab your Bible, something to write with, as we get into this week's message. It's so good to see you all tonight. I'm excited to dive into God's Word together. Um, just like we normally, look, on my notes, I have bathroom break, birthday celebration. We're there. We're at the, we're at the Bible part now. So the why, the issue, every week when, when we um, read God's Word together, we have a why or a question or whatever it may be that we're trying to solve. Um, a lot of you, we were talking while some of you were in the bathroom. A lot of you just finished up finals. Last week, I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you said you failed French? No. Who failed French? Someone failed French. I don't know French. But you had finals a few weeks ago. Last week, maybe the week before. Um, finals week would be considered a week full of a lot of tests. A lot of tests. Um, a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, so a lot of you are more aware of a test right now than you would be any other time of the year. Um, but every single day, we're going to talk about the trials and the tests of life today. So not like in the exam form, but like the trials and the tests that we face in every single day, every single day of our lives. So every day, something new is vying for our attention. Something new is testing us, whether that be our patients being tested at home with our siblings, um, our grace for others being tested, our purity is being tested, our respect for authority is being tested. There's a lot of things that you could say you feel like you're being tested in every single day. So basically, anything around you and me can test our faith in some way. So when I say faith tonight, it's testing our faith in Jesus in some way. Not much in our daily lives allows us to skate through easily without resistance. Like I think a lot of times people say, oh, you just skated through scotch-free. I would disagree with that because a lot of times in situations that we find ourselves in, you can't really skate through without much resistance. How do we handle these trials without letting it affect our faith in Jesus? There will always be negative tension trying to pull us in many directions, oftentimes away from the Lord. So that's the question we're going to try to answer tonight. How do we handle these trials without letting it affect our faith in Jesus? Because every day there's going to be a trial. Whether that be you forgot your toothbrush in the morning or your lunch is at home and it's like 12 o'clock and you forgot to grab it. There's obviously more extreme versions, but every day there's a trial or a test of some sort. Um, so tonight we're going to be diving into the book of James, James to find this question. Um, does anyone know who the author of James is? 
James. Good. Trick questions are fun. I like trick questions. James is the author of James. He is the, the brother of Jesus. And this book is believed to be written to Jewish Christians dispersed throughout Israel in this time, in Bible time. Specifically, today we're going to be in James chapter 1. And the author of James, James, addresses this question that we're trying to answer very, very clearly. Um, so tonight, I want to preach a message titled, Faith Tested. And I believe it's going to be meaningful for all of us, no matter what we walk in here tonight with. So dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for birthdays. God, thank you for all these students that gather here together and took time out of their busy weeks. And God, we're just so excited to be in community with one another. God, I pray that your, your word, the Bible, speaks to us in a new way. God, I, hope, I pray that it helps us answer questions that, that we may be wrestling with. And ultimately, God, just speak clearly to us and give us a new desire for you and your son, Jesus. Amen. Okay, James chapter 1, grab your Bibles. Who has them? If you have your Bible, you actually get candy from the snack shack too. But you have to show them a physical Bible, not your phone. A physical Bible at the end of the service, you get a piece of candy. Open with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. So the first book in James. Um, we're going to start in verse 2, and we're going to go right away. It says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So right off, the, right off the bat, a lot of you are confused. Because James immediately gives a statement that wouldn't make sense to most of us. He says, count it all joy when you experience trials. To a commonsensical person, that doesn't make much sense. A lot of times you wouldn't associate joy with a trial that you're facing. But James, in this passage, instructs us to respond with joy when we experience trials. Verse 2 Oh, we start in verse 2. I'm sorry. In verse 3, it says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And you could say, okay, that makes that sounds all good and dandy, but what is steadfastness? I've never heard that word in my life. Steadfastness is defined by Webster Dictionary as the quality of being resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. And there's other few words in there that you might not know what they mean either. But basically, the concept of being steadfast, having steadfastness, is building strength and being strong and standing strong in whatever you're facing. So James is telling us tonight that when trials come, if we respond appropriately with joy, we will basically be building strength. That's a cool concept. Verse 5 and 8 says this. Sorry, verse 4. I missed a verse. Let steadfast, steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways." That means when a trial comes, if we understand that we don't have the wisdom to figure out what the next step is, we must ask God for that wisdom. When a trial comes, when you find yourself in a situation now and you say to yourself, I have no idea what the next step is, if we ask God in faith to impart wisdom on us, he will deliver because he is faithful. But we also, it's important for us to know tonight that we serve a God that's constantly faithful. He will never let us down. So that means we have to ask in faith rather than in doubt. A lot of times we could go, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good situation on the fly here. A lot of times you would go to a hamburger shop and you could say, hey, I want a piece of pizza. So obviously you asking that question, you're having doubts because you know that that hamburger shop does not sell pizza. If you said, hey, I want a hamburger at your hamburger shop, you're asking in faith knowing that it's going to be given to you. 
God is a God who delivers and who is faithful. So if you ask for wisdom, he will impart wisdom on your life. And he will show you how to respond to a trial if you do it with joy. But James sheds light on how important it is that faith must be at the forefront of our, of our request to God. God will never let you down, so there is no room for doubt ever. Join me in verse 9. It says, Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises when its scorching heat withers, like, withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Not many of you have jobs in this place tonight. Some of you may have part-time jobs. Max talked about that a few weeks ago. Not many of you have a full-time job or a career. Your career right now is high school or middle school. But even, James tells us, even if a trial comes in your finances, like a lot of you probably don't have a lot of money. I'm assuming, I'm sorry if that's an assumption that's not true, but even if you experience trial in your finances, James instructs us to thank God no matter that financial circumstance because money isn't eternal. Relationship with Jesus is. So no matter, like we can, James covered the basis tonight. No matter the trial, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, James instructs us to respond in joy because we serve a father who is joyful, faithful, and he will impart wisdom. He will do all these things if we respond in the appropriate way. So whatever your trial is tonight, whatever the test may be, the trial may feel severe in the moment, but we must remember that God is building us into strong followers of his son. No matter the trial that we face, we have to remember that God is building us into strong followers of his son, who is in fact Jesus. So my question tonight is, are we prepared for the trial to come? Because we've, we've made it clear that no matter, no one's in here is going to argue with me tonight and say that trials are not going to come their way. Because everybody, everybody will agree that trials are very, very inevitable, and they come no matter what. So are we prepared for them? We must be prepared to handle and walk through trials and, and, and the tests just as Christ would. There was often times when Jesus walked on this earth when he faced situations that we faced, but he handled them perfectly every single time. So we must be prepared to handle and walk through these things just as Jesus did and would. Preparation, I'm here to tell you, is not, it's easier said than done for a lot of us. I'm not just saying here, prepare, it's going to be okay. Preparation to handle difficult times and struggle includes very important things. It includes relationship with Jesus, first and foremost. But in order to be prepared about what may come your way, you must be in God's word and be in prayer with him every single day. And that's really easy to say because there was times in my life when those habits, building those habits were not easy for me. But I'm telling you tonight that the more you build habits of being in relationship with Jesus, being in his word, and speaking and praying with him every single day, you will be prepared to handle whatever the, the enemy might throw at you. And count it joy at the same time, even though that might not make sense right now. Preparation includes relationship, God's word, and being in prayer. Stay steadfast through the trials, building yourself into a greater follower of Jesus, and count it joy when you stumble upon something difficult because the Bible tells us that it is an opportunity for growth in our lives. I don't know about you, but I, you might say to me, like, uh, like, I've never counted a struggle joy. James has told us tonight that when trial comes, it's opportunity for us to grow. I don't know about you, but I would never want to live a life where I'm not being forced or challenged to be better. Because we've concluded that, that being, counting trials as joy and responding in the appropriate way, it's building strength in us, we're being steadfast, so if trials aren't going to come, how are we not going to grow? 
I don't want to stay stagnant in my faith with the Lord. I don't want to stay stagnant in my walk with Jesus. I want to continue growing into a better follower of him so that I can tell more and more people about what Jesus has done for us. If you stay steadfast in your walk with Jesus, you will lack nothing. Anything you could ever need comes from him. This is really important. Anything you could ever need, any good thing that you'll ever experience comes from Jesus because he is a good, God is a good heavenly father. All good things come as a result as what, of, all good things come as a result of what Jesus did for us. God didn't create the trials that we face. The, the reason we face trials is because we are a fallen people and we live in a fallen world. But all good things that we experience come from God. So it's so crucial that we give thanks back to him when we experience breakthrough or whatever the case may be that's good. We must change the way we view struggle. We must change the way we view struggle because for so many of us in here tonight, it's really easy to get caught up in your mess. It's really easy to get caught up in whatever you're facing. It's really easy to put your issues in front of anybody else's, but we must change the way we view trials and tests and struggle because it's not, it's actually not a burden as it might, the world makes us feel like what we're in is a burden, but the God's word tells us tonight that even though it's hard, struggle is not a burden. It is an opportunity to have a greater trust in Jesus that will grow your faith in him. So we set the stage, like that covered a lot, but we, I, I'm hoping that tonight we can all agree on how good and faithful and just our father is. And he's gonna provide if we respond appropriately and follow him into any trial that we might face. But you could say to me tonight, Spencer, you have no idea Fill in the blank. Spencer, you have no idea my, my mental health crisis. You have no idea the anxiety that I experience on a daily basis. You, Spencer, you have no idea what my life looks like at home. Spencer, you've never had to go through what I go through every single day at school. Spencer, the, the lifestyle that, I, that I'm living right now, it's actually just too tempting and I'm okay with how it is. And you could say, whatever the excuse may be, I'm all about limiting excuses because there's a million and one excuses about why, by, why living for yourself is better than living with Jesus. So you could say whatever that thing is right now that you find yourself in, maybe it's you're okay with being where you are, but whatever that is, I promise you what I'm about to say is true because you're right. I may not understand what your mental health crisis looks like. I may not understand your anxiety or the, the purity struggle you're in or whatever the fill in the blank is, but what I do know 100% to be true is that that trial you find yourself in, that trial that you find yourself in, Jesus understands it more than you do. Because the Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus felt the weight of any sin, any struggle, more than us, and in, and in turn, he never gave in and sinned. He was the only human ever in the existence to live a perfect life. So that thing that you're trying to throw at me and say, well, you don't know this, so what you're saying isn't true, Jesus knows it more than you do, and he conquered it. So the excuse that you might feel in your head right now is not valid because Jesus conquered that thing that you might feel like is too much. So why not, this is my question, why not follow the conqueror of all sin, of all evil, of all struggle, of any test, why not follow that man, Jesus, for the rest of your life? Because if he did it, you can do it with him. If, if, if Jesus conquered mental health crisis, if Jesus, he, didn't, he, didn't, he never gave in to those temptations or those sins, but he still felt the weight of it because he lived amongst the fallen world. Don't be mistaken tonight. Jesus never sinned, but he felt, any, he felt the weight of anything that you might go through. So why not follow him? If he can do it, why can't you do it with him?
He's the greatest, the most perfect, the most perfect human to ever walk this earth. So yeah, I might not completely understand, but Jesus does. So why not let him show you how to grow through what you're dealing with? Why not? I'm trying to limit excuses. He has a lot of credibility, Jesus does. Jesus has a lot of credibility, more than me, more than you, more than anyone combined in this room, more than anyone on this earth. Jesus has more credibility and has more truth to his name than any being ever. Verse 12 tells us this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Let me say that part again. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. I don't think you can be more black and white than that. Selfish desires will conceive sin, which basically means it will produce sin. And when sin is fully grown in our lives, it'll produce death. So, so James tells us, blesses the man who remains steadfast under that trial and doesn't let the sin grow in their life. Blessed is the man who stays steadfast in, their, in the mental health crisis, but still pushes after Jesus. Blessed is the man who conquers what they're going through with Jesus at the forefront of it. We are tempted by following our own desires rather than the desires of our Heavenly Father. If you are following your own desires tonight, and a lot of us have done that, we've all done it. But if right now you find yourself following only what you want to do, then of course you're going to be tempted into whatever it is. But if you follow the desires of, the, of your Heavenly Father for your life, He will continue to allow you to be steadfast in the situations that you find yourself in. I promise you that. It's biblical. I'm not, I'm not here making this up as I go. We're reading out of God's word, and I'm telling you what God's word says. I'm telling you what God's word says. It's so, this book is real, and it's alive, and it's true. The trials, this is important. Some of you need to hear this. Tucker talked about it, and he said, why, why, do, good, why do good things happen, or bad things happen to good people? Why does God let bad and evil into this world? The answer is because we live in a fallen world. God didn't create it that way. God created everything perfect in his image. But because man, Adam and Eve, sinned, the rest of eternity for this world, which is actually not our home, by the way, is fallen and it's broken and it's sinful. So God didn't, God didn't create evil. It needs to hear that. God did not create evil. But the reason evil happens is because we brought it on ourselves. The trials that you face are not from God. Let me say that again. The trials that you face, the trials that Mark faces, the trials that, that Joe faces, that Julia faces, because we're all facing them, we've agreed. The trials that you face are not from God. The trials that Nahum faces, they're not from God. But God can use the trial that you are find yourself in, the test that you find yourself in, that's from this world because it's evil. He can use that trial to mold you and to build you into a resilient follower of him. That's a paradox. The world would call that a paradox because they're two things that shouldn't go together. The world would say, why, why would a, a, a bad thing allow you to be, to be better and to grow? The answer to that question is because God has nothing to do with this world. He's above it. He's greater. And he can turn any, he, I mean, he created the world, obviously, but 
any sin that we experience here is not from him. This is one, this, is, this, this part messed me up a little bit. Reliance on God, I want you to hear me, please. If you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this. Reliance on God isn't intended to take place only when we need him the most or when we need him to fix something. Reliance upon God is intended to, to, to take place all throughout our lives. I don't know if you heard me. A lot of us live in here tonight are living as on our own desires, on our own, uh, on, on our own agenda, but then when something gets royally messed up or something's really, really hard, then we call upon God to intervene in the situation. That's not how it's meant to be. We're, a, we're meant, we were created to, to live a life fully devoted to the Lord, relying on him when things are good, when things are in the middle, when things are in the valley. We were meant to follow him forever, no matter the situation, no matter the trial that we're in. Because there's going to be moments in life when there's not trials and things are looking pretty and dandy and everything's amazing. We're still called to call on God in those moments. So please, tonight, get out of the mindset of, oh, I mean, I'm doing good right now. I got it figured out by myself. And then, oh, man, I'm, I'm hurting right now. God, will you please help me? That offends him. Did you know that? Because he, he desires relationship with you always, not just when you need it. Just as your friend desires to be in relationship with you all the time, no one in here tonight will, can, can tell me that, oh, I'm good at being friends with this person when it's easy, and then when it gets bad, I'm out of here. Maybe some of you actually live like that. I hope that you don't. But none of you are like, are, are, are not friends with somebody, and then you go to someone and says, like, I need your help really, really bad. Like, the relationships that God has created us to live in and, and be in community with are, spent, are meant to be constant. And that's the same with our Heavenly Father. We're meant to be in constant relationship with Him. Not when things are tough or when we need Him most, always. And we, we've all, no one here tonight is condemning you if that's the way you're living, because we've all been there. We've all, we've all had moments when, when it's easy to live by ourselves. but I'm telling you, I say this so much. There's going to be a time, and I promise, if you continue to live based on your own desires, there's going to be a moment when you fall straight on your face and you wish, you wish you would have given your life to Jesus completely way sooner. Because a lot of you are living, are living with Jesus at the center of your life. Or maybe a lot of you would say, I, I know Jesus, I would call him my Savior. But, but if you're not actively living on it, living that out, and you have Jesus over here, and you're headed this way, you're going to fall hard. And you're going to be back here wishing, I you're wishing you would have said, oh man, I need Jesus at the center of my, of my life. That didn't even make sense, but you know what I'm saying. Worship team, will you come tonight? There's a few more verses in this passage that I want to read. And I know, I know sometimes when, when I get up, get up here, I can, I can be really real and raw. And there's also encouragement that comes with what James, all of this is encouraging. The Bible is encouraging. But James tells us in verse 16, James tells us in verse 16, Do not be deceived by my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a, be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So James calls everything out in you and I. Any wrongdoing, James calls it out in this passage. And at the end of it, he says, remember, brothers and sisters, every good thing that you experience on earth is because of the Lord that loves you so, so deeply.
and he calls you, he calls you to love others the same way. Don't, don't live a life based on circumstance. Don't live a life when you're, when you're, when you're needing God, when you're, when you're down here and you're needing yourself when you're up here. Live a life because that's circumstantial. Live a life that when no matter where you're at, you're saying, thank you, God, for life. Thank you, God, for, for loving me no matter, no matter where I find myself. Thank you, God, for, for having your hand of protection on me because it's not going to change just based on where you're at. God doesn't say, oh, that kid's doing good. I don't need to worry about him right now. God doesn't love you based on the circumstance you find yourself in. God loves you always, and it's never going to change. His love for you will never, ever change. So I'm hoping tonight that we can all come to the place where we can say, my faith has been tested so greatly. I found myself in these situations that don't make sense, but my faith has been tested and it is still strong because Jesus is stronger. I'm hoping that we can come to that place tonight, all of us. Because that's a hard place to come to. It takes resilience and it takes steadfastness. But I promise the moment you get there, it doesn't mean you've arrived. Hear me on that. It doesn't mean you've arrived just because your faith can be tested. It just means that you have a a greater love for your heavenly father and you're allowing him to shape and to mold your life. So although trials are inherently negative, again, they are great opportunities. And when we face them, Jesus is at the center. When we face them, if we put Jesus at the center, he will continue to lead us into things we didn't know that we could imagine. Corey and I were having a conversation the other day and we're talking about what the future might look like. And a lot of us might say like, you're, you're a senior in high school and you might have your next three years planned out and you might know it exactly what it's gonna look like. And for some of you, like you feel called to something and like I felt called to be a youth pastor. I didn't know how, I was gonna, how that was gonna happen. But you know, if God's given you a divine call in your life, you know what it's gonna, you somewhat know what the, what the plan is, but you, do, you still don't know. But so Corey and I were talking about this and, and you might be at that spot where you're a junior, senior, you're figuring out your next steps and, and you could say like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this by the time I'm 21, by the time I'm 23, I'm gonna be here, by the time I'm 25, I'm gonna have five kids, whatever the, We can have it planned out in our lives. Don't have five kids by the time you're 25, please. The number is just correlated. Have like zero, no, I'm just kidding, whatever it might be. Don't have five kids by the time you're 25. Let me make that clear. But the point in this is you could have it all planned out, but God God could, could mess you up in the middle of that plan and you could be somewhere where you had no idea that you could be at that place. And that's good. So my point in that is if, if you follow, if you steadfastly, I don't even know if that's a word, if you follow steadfastly after the Lord, if you follow him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength, you might know what, what the plan is. You might have it sketched out in your head, but I promise you God will, will deliver things to you and put you in situations that you could have never imagined. Even if the plan you have in your head is in correspondence with the plan that God has for you, you're still gonna be blown away by how faithful he is. So Corey and I were talking, we were saying, I was like, babe, what's it, what, are we, what are we gonna do in five years? What does this look like? And, and we kind of like going back and forth and I had the reminder, like we have no idea what God's gonna put us into. We, have, we might have an idea, but God is gonna radically, if we continue with him at the forefront of our lives, God is gonna continue to blow our minds in a very, very positive way. So the trial that you might face right now may not feel like It might not feel like you're on course, 
But I promise if you put God at the center of that struggle, if you put Jesus at the center of that test, he will deliver you and put you into situations and bless you in, bless you in more ways than you could imagine. I promise you that. So why not, why not follow, follow the creator of the universe and the son of that creator, Jesus, into everything you do? Because he's, he's conquered, this is crazy. I mean, you all know this, but Jesus conquered sin and death. I don't know if you knew that. Jesus conquered sin and death. He died and rose again. So why would there be any other consideration of who you put your faith into? Why would there be any other consideration? Because you're gonna go through trials no matter what, but if, I don't know about you, but if, for me at least, I wanna, if I'm going into a trial, I want it to follow the person that's already done that and gone To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PC Youth Salem.